Hello, I'm Ashley Lemond, and I welcome you to the Spoondrift Podcast. <laughs> the word Spoondrift describes the spray of water that a strong gust of wind can blow from the top of a wave. Here in the Spoondrift, I talk about, well, the Spoondrift from the ocean of ideas. There are really no bounds to what might be talked about. The goal is to just unearth new perspectives and inspire curiosity. You're about to listen to an archive episode from the Spoondrift pilot series called Conjuring Curiosity. Back on June 11th, 2020, this episode was premiered exclusively on Spinnaker Radio. The episode covers the notion of where good ideas come from. And it, it's a really interesting concept. So I hope you enjoy it and it does its job and gets you thinking or conjures some curiosity. Today I'm going to talk a bit about arts and ideas. After that, I will give a quick music update. So sit back or go for a walk or exercise or drive or just do whatever you do when you listen to podcasts and get ready. Man, have I just been dying to use that sound combination and I couldn't quite figure out a good way to fit it in, but it sure does feel good though. (laughs) Okay, let's get started. I read a book a while ago that I've been meaning to talk about. The book was called Stealing Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. Kleon had a lot of good things to say, and he did it in a very concise manner. I borrowed the book from the library, digitally, mind you, and it was only about 32 pages when I set the font to its smallest setting. So I read the thing in about 60 minutes, and it is not a very long book, but it is nevertheless packed with insightful information. As a self-improvement book, it... It aims to really help people overcome their fears surrounding creative endeavors. Now, when put like that, such a goal really sounds high and mighty, like it might just be full of empty promises meant only to make people feel better about themselves, but there really was a lot of meat to the book, and I I enjoyed it. The title, Stealing Like an Artist, I I must say, is quite sensational. Stealing is bad, right? Being an artist is good. Why would you want to steal like an artist? The whole thing of being an artist is coming up with new things and being original. Right? Wrong. Cleon very astutely points out how creativity isn't necessarily about coming up with a new idea, but rather about coming up with your own idea that is a healthy mishmash of old ones. The concept in and of itself is by no means a new one. I mean, most people might even venture to say all people are inspired by the works of others. The the author, Cleon, he talked about one of his creative pursuits as an example. One of his projects was making poems out of newspapers. He would take a piece of newspaper, black out the majority of the content with a big black marker, kind of like a redacted government document, and leave only selected words untouched. Now, when he was finished, the untouched words, left exposed and readable, formed a poem. He talked about how other artists before him had done similar things, And while, as a writer, he was criticized by some for stealing the idea, he did not let that get to him. Yeah, other people may have had projects that used books or newspapers in a similar way, but he knew that his work was still his own. Now, this topic naturally conjures up questions about where ideas come from and whether or not there is such a thing as an original idea. Now, Cleon, he argues that there is not. There's no such thing as a 
completely and purely original idea. No matter how new an idea may be, you cannot help but to draw on your past experiences and the knowledge that you have acquired from others. Therefore, ideas aren't ever completely original anymore. Honestly, I find that notion a, a, a bit depressing and liberating all at the same time. It's, it's depressing because there's nothing better than thinking that you have stumbled upon something entirely new and unknown to anyone else. It's just such a sweet feeling like you are the, the, the first person, the explorer, to discover this new thing. And it's like this little secret that you have that no one else knows about. But coming to the conclusion that such an idea is not actually new is it, it's, it's quite disheartening. To extend that a little bit further, however, to only value new ideas is not a good way to view things. Because if you only care about original ideas and limit yourself only to acting on those original ideas, you won't be able to do much. <laughs> After all, there are a lot of people out there who have a lot of ideas. And I know that I, unfortunately, often put myself under pressure to come up with a new idea. For instance, when I think about the future and consider the possibility of inventing something cool or useful, like a record player or windshield wipers, I often find myself believing that the pursuit will prove fruitless. Now, there's no way that I could possibly know when or if I would be struck by some sort of divine inspiration for some product that could change the world. And that not, not knowing if that's gonna happen it does not make it very productive for me to hope that I could have an original idea. Can't spend my whole life waiting, after all. Side story here. I'm, I'm kind of reminded of actually watching a movie a long time ago about a person who invented the windshield wipers. It, it, was, it, it was a really boring movie, I should add. But um, anyway, while something that we don't give much consideration to today, windshield wipers are something that we find essential in our day-to-day -day lives it may be hard to believe that there was even a time before when they were invented when operating cars in the rain was next to impossible and much more dangerous. We kind of just think the windshield wipers as one with the car. Once the cars were had, then the windshield wipers must have also been there, but... Uh... Nope, that wasn't the case. And after giving the movie some thought, I, I think that my complicated relationship with the, the notion of original ideas might actually stem from forms of media about inventors or thinkers where inspiration is often portrayed as sudden epiphanies or unexpected bouts of enlightenment. While such a plot elements might kind of work for the movie, and by, by all means it looks excellent on camera, I, I think an unintended consequence of that would be leading me to believe that original ideas actually come like that. Don't get me wrong, sometimes they just do. Just like everyone else, I sometimes have really weird but cool ideas pop in at odd times. But if I think I can just wait around for an idea to strike me, I will probably just spend most of my time waiting. Back to the original story. Inspiration is okay. Even copying is okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say that copying is okay? That goes against everything that I've ever been taught. Well, let me tell you. Cleon points out that there's a difference between productive copying and plagiarism. Plagiarism is the act of blatantly trying to pass the work of someone else off as your own. And that is bad. <laughs> However, copying can be a useful tool and a necessary step toward developing your own style. Take a painter, for example. 
Trying to copy a famous painting will not only help the painter with their technique, but also help them kind of start to develop their own style. They can find out what colors they like, explore different ways of painting, different techniques. Um, they're not trying to sell the painting as an original Monet. They're just practicing and using something that's already done to make that practicing a, a bit easier and more productive. You kind of eliminate the, the, the requirement of the creativity from the practicing process. The same goes to writers. There's nothing wrong with fan fictions. <laughs> with a fan fiction, another author has done a lot of the work of creating characters, establishing a setting, creating a plot line. By using those things in your own knockoff story, you can focus on trying to work out the act of writing, forming sentences, practicing with action. And you don't have to actually worry about the, the composition so much. That's it's kind of been taken care of for you. Your own stories will come later. Okay, well, I'm not a creative person, so all this jibber-jabber about being creative doesn't apply to me. Not so fast. There is a certain amount of creativity that is required for everything. Ideas are required everywhere. If you're a doctor, a truck driver, scientist, an engineer, software developer, a manager, anything really, creativity is required to get your job done. Writing a new program, designing a new part of a machine, diagnosing a disease correctly, all of those things don't necessarily require a new idea, but they just require knowledge of old ideas so that you can put them together in a new and relevant way. Most machines, for example, are just collections of the same basic components used in everything else. All you need to do is be familiar with some of the parts. Putting them together can come later. Cleon, he also made another really good point about what to do with ideas. Pretend for a moment that you are in an art museum. There's a certain section of art museums that is usually extra prone to criticism. The modern art section. Some examples of modern abstract art may feature swirls of colors or just perhaps even straight up splatters of paint. I've, I've seen some pretty in, um, interesting ones. <laughs> now, it's really easy to just stroll by a painting and say, that's stupid. Why on earth is that in a museum? I could have done that at home with a can of paint and an old bedsheet. Now, that's a really easy way to think. It's a sort of response that anyone and a lot of people if we're being honest here, have when they see such art. However, there is a very valid reason why that piece of artwork is in a museum. The artist of that painting did not just think it would be neat to make such a painting. They actually painted it. Cleon's little modern art metaphor is it's, it's pretty insightful. It's easy to just have ideas. Ideas are great. What is even better, though, is an idea that becomes more than just an idea and becomes an actual thing. Now, don't be too scared. I have good news. Fortunately, if people decide to take the time to listen to themselves, most people will probably find that they have a lot of good ideas. However, there's a lot more to creativity than just ideas. Another huge part of creativity is actually acting on ideas. Cleon acknowledges the trouble that often comes with deciding to act on those ideas, and he, he provides a lot of motivation in the book to help people get to the point where they're willing to do those things. But a great idea is nothing if you don't do anything about it. And the reality of the situation is that even if an idea isn't great, it is possible that no one has really made that idea a reality or really invested a lot of thought in that concept. And that means that actually acting on a mediocre idea, if you do that, the results might be a whole lot more fantastic than you originally thought. 
For example, a lot of books have similar storylines and address similar topics. Now, if every prospective author disregarded their book idea because they thought that it had been done before, we would have no books. Now, there is a trap hidden in all of this business of idea manufacturing. If acting on ideas is what makes an idea a good one, then must you always act on an idea? Or worse yet, is it only okay to talk about ideas if you plan on acting on them? I do not believe that that was Cleon's message. Um, and I know that from my personal experience, I have fallen into a pattern of restricting my discussion of ideas. I would have an idea, but then be afraid to talk about it with anyone else. I was worried that someone else might either steal the idea or possibly think that I was just blowing smoke if I didn't actually end up seeing it through. And I, I still struggle with that today. And for that reason, I'm very hesitant about what ideas I share with people, what ideas I think are even worth my further consideration. And that it's it's not a it's not a good um not a good mentality. I guess there there is a good idea I suppose to be to be wary of such things. I know just as much as the next guy how frustrating it can be to listen to someone else's ideas and see nothing ever come of them. And also I've heard horror stories of people accusing others of making millions of dollars off of their idea, and I wouldn't ever want that to happen to me. So I, I guess there just needs to be some sort of balance as to how much someone shares when offering their ideas or their discussion of their ideas to others. My takeaway from the book is that it is okay and even expected to have ideas that are not original or even your own at all. It is okay to look at those who came before you when it comes to inspiration. Also, a simple act of acting on an idea can transform a not-so-great idea that no one else has really bothered to pay any attention to into a really inventive reality. After all, if no one else has done it, why not you, right? On the subject of evaluating ideas, I'm reminded of a video that I watched on YouTube by Rebecca, by Rebecca Parham, and it was on her channel, Let Me Explain Studios. In the video, she was going through some of her old artwork from art school, and she was cringing at some of the pieces while admiring others. And in the video, she talked about how we all have a finite number of mistakes to make. Specifically, she mentioned a quote from Walt Stanchfield, but I, I won't bother with the quote. I'll just kind of give you the idea of what it was meaning. In her context, she was, all, she was talking about bad drawings. As an art student, she only had so many bad drawings that she was ever going to end up drawing. So by that logic, the more you draw, the more bad ones you draw, the, the more likely you are to get them all out of your system and start drawing good ones. So that, that sentiment, it applies to everything. The more bad drawings you make, the more bad programs you write, the more machines you make that don't work, the more bad meals you cook, the more likely it is that one of them will actually work. Knowing that some of your ideas will absolutely and positively be bad ones frees you from the thought that all of your ideas must be good ones. A bad attempt is still an attempt. Eventually, you will get to where you want to be. My jams this week are Dante by Hash Swan and Labor Song by Odom Raoul. Later this week, on June 12th, I am anticipating three album releases. They are Ugly is Beautiful by Oliver Tree. I have no idea what to expect on that album because Oliver Tree's stuff is just bonkers. The next one is One Day at a Time by Codaline, And then the third is Here for Now by Louis the Child.
the dichotomy of thought. All right. <sighs> okay, here we go. I think the... <clears throat> I think the only bad poem is the one not written. Someone once said that you only have so many bad ones. It is a fixed number that you will reach one day, so you might as well try to get them out now. Besides, who is to judge what is bad, what is good? Me. I am my harshest judge. I hold failure as my grudge. No. A good poem is impossible to see because one will never come to be. Terrible. I can claim to have one to show, but good is something that I will never know. Sick. Even my best will be unbearable, the verses beyond repairable. Give no better than a single brick thrown out like a useless stick. Up. Your life, your words will never outlive. Your work, we will never forgive. Hmm. All right. There it is. Thanks for listening to this archive episode from the Spindrift Podcast pilot series, Conjuring Curiosity. If you want to listen to the music that I talked about, you can check out my Spotify profile, The Spoondrift Podcast, and listen to the Spoondrift Episode 23 playlist. If you want to listen to more episodes of The Spoondrift, you can visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spinnaker Radio's home on the web, radio.unfspinnaker.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to keep up to date on everything to do with The Spoondrift, you can follow me on Twitter at SpoondriftPod. That's at Spoondrift Pod or on Instagram at Spoondrift Podcast. Since next week is Thanksgiving, there won't be a new episode coming out then, but don't you worry. There will be new material coming your way very soon. I hope you have a great and safe Thanksgiving. I will talk to you very soon. <laughs>